coming up on Just Elders Podcast. You have to love you. You can't just, I'm not making these things up. Like these are things are really helped me out a lot. Can you pronounce that? Memoir. What is that? <laughs> it's a reason for being. The Ikiga is the reason for being. And yeah. Everything. So I did the magazine uh, for nationally distributed magazine, Boss Magazine, Be Your Own Success Story. Shout out uh, to Boss Magazine. I fell out with somebody else and he told me to apologize and I was like, fuck that. Yeah, I, I, you're not good at the apology <laughs> things. I understand. <laughs> and um uh and um like I, I had to space it out because it's my wife. So like every month, I just soft reminder. Hey, <laughs> hey hun, how's that book going? Opportunities for uh young uh, minority black women that ain't got them snapping and clapping and doing all that you know stuff, which is great if you want to do that on film. <laughs> but I can I have a black it's hurt to get in, <laughs> right? Can I... Exactly, Marcus. So what did Marcus do in that movie? He fucked. No, he was a marketing. Yeah, he did that too. He was <laughs> a marketing. How are we being influenced today in TV when we watch shows like Snowfall? Ready? Born ready. It's Wednesday. <laughs> Time for the Just Elder Podcast. I got a good one for you. Shout out to the YouTube family. Y'all see my very special guest. We're gonna do it just like this. What's up, family? It's your boy Elders. You are tuning to the Just Elders podcast, the greatest podcast that ever hit the airways. I'm super excited. I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. Welcome back to the Just Elders podcast. Thank you to each and every last person that listened to last week's episode. Shout out to all the Patreon. Um, the new Patreon subscribers, appreciate you. All the exclusive uh, L.A. content, the vlog is uploaded now. If you want to see the whole trip, go to patreon.com slash media and get on there. Today, we got another Just Series where we are interviewing people that's doing their thing, um, people who I admire, people I respect. But this interview is very special because this brother... Um, most people don't know because I don't promote it like that no more, but I'm a uh, published author. <laughs> I am. I'm working very, very hard to release my second book this year. So this interview is actually very important because I got to talk to you about some off mic. Uh, and um, this is somebody that I've seen recreate himself. I've seen him do it twice, I guess one time. But he's done it. I mean, he's lived a long life. We're going to get into that. This episode is kind of about that because I'm in the process of recreating myself. Like, you literally start something, you do something, and if you're good at it, you become known for something. Oh, that's the black business guy. Or when you first met me, that's the nonprofit guy. And then, like, you just kind of start transforming and doing new stuff. I want to talk about that process today with you, but without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for my big brother, my friend, my mentor, the uh, director, the writer, uh, the genius, the entrepreneur, 
the man, the myth, the legend. Please give it up for Brother Howard Clay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, glad to be here. Happy to be here. Happy you're out here in L.A. Uh, my part of town now, so excited about that, man. Yeah, we are here, man. First of all, L.A. been good to us. Like we've, uh, my sister lives here. I got a lot of friends. I didn't realize how many friends have migrated from Atlanta yeah. to L.A. It's a lot of y'all. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just. I, I love Atlanta, um, but I just feel that, you know, no matter your certain set of skills or um, your your calling or whatever, you should follow the energies of whatever city that is as well. So some of the things I wanted to get done in Atlanta, I just didn't see myself or could feel myself getting done properly. So I knew I had to make a move and um, don't really like New York. So uh, L.A. L.A. was it. Plus, I, I wanted to retire here anyway. So I just got a little early start and came on down here, you know. Right. Uh, get I don't, I don't like New York for living either. Yeah, I can I, I Yeah, New York. I, sorry, New Yorkers. I, I like a New York visit though. <laughs> New York summertime visit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm telling. I can go to New York at least once a summer. I got to get me a good week. <laughs> if I can do that, that's great. That's all the New York I need. But other than that, I could yeah. never live there. Like, do I look at you when I talk, or where you want me to look? How you look okay. at me? No, I just I think with LA, it's like um, I just. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain to people. A lot of people ask me why I moved out here and different things. But I think with L.A., for me, again, it's about energy. Um, just when I first came out here, it was like 2001. So that was a long time ago for y'all. 2001, 2004, I think. And um, I came out here. And to be honest with you, like nearly burst in tears on the plane because when I landed, it literally felt like home. And not too many places. I've been to a lot of cities. I've lived in a lot of cities. Um, but not not too many of them felt the way this did. So when it came out here, I was able to connect my energies with the energies that were already out here. So it's like, um, and it's weird because, side note, I went home. Uh, well, I went to Atlanta for for the Christmas time to see my parents and um, take care of a few things. And when I got there, instantly I felt the difference in the energy. I instantly felt. Uh, it just wasn't the same. Like you weren't supposed to be there. Like no, you were a visitor. Not just yeah, oh, definitely a visitor, but I didn't feel the urgency to be creative. It sounds weird, but um, and a lot of people are successful there, and congratulations to them. But for me, energies just didn't match up to the point. It felt more like family to me. It felt more like wanting to hang around with family. When I come back to LA. Like I'm on it. You gotta like, get to work. I, yeah, I gotta get to work. I feel it. Um, the energy is there to support it. Um, I wake up thinking of ideas. When I when I woke up in Atlanta, I thought of breakfast. Um, so it's like a lot of times, you know, it's just <laughs> people don't understand. You got and I, and I, and I I've been in Cincinnati, Oxford, Ohio, Indiana, Indianapolis, uh, Notre Dame, uh, like all these different places. And it's like again, I'll tell especially young people like. You've got to understand that energy is important. Mm -hmm. um, energy can define, you know, they say people define you, people's energy, locations, energy. And you got to go and you know, the old state, I think the same as like let success lead you. Right. It's same thing. Let energy lead you. When I was in Cincinnati and congratulations to the Bengals uh, for winning uh, last weekend. But when I was in Cincinnati, it was it was it was just a different. And I've heard people say it feels like there's a, a dark cloud over this city. So it's like there's just different energies in different places. If your city doesn't have it, find where that city is so that you can be the best possible version of yourself. Because if you don't, 
you you're gonna miss you're gonna miss it. All right. You're gonna miss All it. All right. So let's go back to the beginning. All right. Uh we know you're in LA, but which beginning? <laughs> I know. That's what I said. You know, oh, this so, one, get so, your pen and paper ready. This is gonna be rough. And, and you know why why I want an interview, bro, because like you have lived a lot of lives. Yeah, literally. Like you lived a lot of lives. <laughs> and, and I'm in the process of like redesigning who I am and what people think. Yeah. What I used to be like now, yeah. like I went from heavy giving my life to community service. Exactly. Like it's MLK day right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not somewhere marching. Yeah. I know you feeling it. Bro. Like, like, like I'm not somewhere like I used to kick yeah. United way ass in Atlanta yeah. as far as mobilizing volunteers. Like yeah. that was my life. And then I went from that. It was a natural progression to Spendify. Spendify was very natu- uh, natural. Shout out, Spendify. Love yeah. Spendify. Shout out, shout out, shout out. What, you know, fuck them, but shout out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but then, um, I remember having to put that down. Yeah. And I always do this on mic. I have to credit Keith to where we are now because I was trying to figure out what was next. Yeah. What was next. And I felt, and I think I talked to you about this. I you felt did. inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was not being consistent and I'm a very consistent person. Yeah. And I remember why I put down everything that I was doing, but it's kind of hard to translate that and not look like, Oh, you just doing too much or you distracted yeah. or you're unfocused. And that's one thing I've never been. I've always been pretty focused on a vision or a goal. So now I'm in this new space. I'm in this podcast. I'm in this media production, this content creation. And <laughs> It's a passion. Like, I ain't going to lie. Like, I remember how I felt when I used to do Made. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being real, I know why I started Made. Like, yeah. I wanted to go to L.A. at first. Yeah. And my mom got sick. And Made was just something that I fell into. Gotcha. Spendify, I fell into out of obligation. I really felt like economic freedom was the way for us to get out of this shit we in you know what i'm saying this is when black lives matter was really picking up right 2006 uh martin was in 2014 mm-hmm. so 2016 is when we uh 2015 when we actually started working on it we launched it in 16 gotcha. so spendify was like a obligation yeah. to the work necessary work that needs to be done and then where i'm at right now is pure passion yeah i don't have to do it I can connect it to an overall higher good. Right. And I'm making money. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, this this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, yeah. this is... And it's just funny how you get to those Different points. Places. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you evolve. Um, and I think that's what people are afraid of uh, most of the time when they're wanting to switch careers is their the evolution of their self. Um, you know, there's things that happen in your life and to move you in a certain direction. And every purpose or every um um mission or every uh or ordination from god or the universe or whatever it all comes with a time frame you got to move with that time frame and a lot of people don't realize that some people they want to be pastors forever and that's fine they want to do church work forever or community service for work forever and that's fine but you have to you have to be king to what your energies and what your spirit is telling you like uh i, I used to pastor a lot of people don't know that uh yeah. i used to pastor and preach and i did that 
a long time ago. And we'll start from the beginning. It's a long road. Yeah, yeah. Give and I, so, yeah, I, I used to pastor and preach. And um, when that... I didn't know that, Howard. Yeah, I know. A lot of people don't know that. I, I, I was actually Howard. really good preaching. I know you met the cussing, Howard. I know. It, it's crazy because a lot of people in college still, uh, they, they still follow me and stuff. But I was in college in 94. So from 97... To, let's let's start in college. If we go any further back, it gets very diluted. Um, so uh, so from ninety seven to like two thousand and three, I was an ordained elder for the Church of God in Christ. Um, Kojic for the Kojic and preaching nationwide on tour with a gospel choir as well as evangelistic tour, and um, it was amazing uh, for the people for the save save souls about a hundred thousand. Uh, people gave their life to the Lord over the process of those 10 years of ministry. Um, and then that came to an end. How, what was the, what was the moment? What was the thing? There's no moment. The energy left, the, huh. the, the purpose left. It was almost like God was like, well done, my good and faithful servant. This is what I want you to do next. But this, this, if we rewind it a little bit, you got to understand it. You have to love you. You can't just, I'm not making these things up. Like these are things or energies that's inside of you. But first you have to love yourself in order for you to be in tune with yourself. Right. So I've been loving myself a long time. Right. So I, I, I've been in tune with what the energies will want me to do. And I, and I talked to my dad about it because he's a pastor. And I talked to my mom about it. She's a pastor. And I told them for me, that church building had reached its limit. I could not reach anybody else during that d during that time and stuff and then other things happened in my life and stuff so the next thing was i went into one of my passions which was music so i started to be a um i went from choir directing to managing artists okay so i manage artists that's a, that's uh, a hell of a job <laughs> it's a jump it's a horrible job <clears throat> don't tap the oh um don't um, be so passionate i'm sorry so i i managed artists so i ended up managing like three artists ended up working for def jam under kevin wells um and um it was a great time and i think i did that for about five years um and i enjoyed every moment of it meeting the people all the different energy but like you said it was one of my passions that was another things and then that energy was over and um i wasn't confused or lost i knew exactly what i wanted to do next i wanted to this was right around the time when i met you when i was seeing that and, and, and all of them have the same underlying theme is i want to help blacks move forward Bruh, me I, that's it i, I got mean, you. it's I got all you. of this comes back that. to being a positive um, influence to helping blacks move forward. So anyway, so the next thing was um, uh, doing the magazine and helping the children and going back to the tutoring thing and all those different things. So I did the magazine uh, for nationally distributed magazine, Boss Magazine, Be Your Own Success Story. Shout out um, to Boss Magazine. Man, put my cover on the screen right now. Put my cover on the screen. Yeah, it's a beautiful cover. It's got Spinify too. I mean, it's a Spinify cover. <laughs> Uh, and I uh, uh, also did it with Deja and um, Emmanuel, a couple other people that really were influenced helping out. And we ended up doing stuff with Damon John. And, you know, it was a, it was a great time. And then um, just to jump onto that, I don't really think I changed. What happened was I was limited with what I could do because of the vehicle that this energy was going in. So I want to reach more people. So it came down, how can I reach more people? What can I honestly do? Uh, and I've been blessed with a lot of skills. So I sat back and thought about it. Like, how can I expand this quicker? And the next thing that came to my mind was movies. Movies would be the thing that would, you could talk to a lot of people 
very quickly. So, um, you know, I did a lot of research. I do a lot of reading. I did a lot of research to see what exactly was. But a small little note is that I wrote my first screenplay back in 2004. And that's the reason I came to L.A. to begin with, to be a screenwriter. And um, um, uh, things went the way they went and I ended up coming back to Ohio because that's where I was living at that time and uh, did not pursue doing the screenwriting which may at this time I think may have been a mistake I probably should have went ahead into that but you know we're here now so we move forward with it but um so when I was like I'm gonna go ahead and finish that on up and go ahead and be a screenwriter and so when I got here uh, did a lot of writing, did a lot of different things, didn't land on a show or anything. So a, um, a producer came to me and was just like, uh, actually a pretty famous producer um, that worked with Steven Spielberg. And he was just like, listen, uh, you're very talented and, um, you know, you can write and it's going to take you about six years to get on somewhere, you know, successfully. He was like, I, I got an idea that will cut that in half. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. How could you cut that in half? And he was like, film your own movie or find someone to film the movie for you. Your writing is exceptional. But um, in order for people to know who you are you have to get it on film people have to see your what product you can do. what you can do even writing wise so um i came up you know with the script that i needed for that and uh went out in 2020 in the middle of covid and, and filmed my first movie um and so now it's finishing up in post now and we should have it out here within the next three to four months but it was a great great time and we're starting on our second movie uh which is a christmas movie and we should be filming that right around april may in atlanta so um what's the title the first movie uh first movie is called mile 19 Man, like, first yeah. of all congratulations oh, congratulations thank you. on which part i did i did a lot of things i mean no no <laughs> congratulations on the the first movie oh, congratulations on boss publishing yeah you so know that very successful that was a game changer for me yeah it still is it, it, it hasn't gone completely away i mean i i i loved what it did uh, especially one of the things it did was really weird that you don't even know about is that it was in a lot of prisons mm. and it had a lot of like like uh people um what's it called Scott not uh, sponsored not sponsorships where people they buy it subscriptions subscriptions yeah and they were for penitentiaries wow. in New York uh Indiana and uh, I started getting letters from inmates um saying how great it was so in the back of my mind one day you know if finances are right I would love to jump back on that and be that more positive influence that I can for these younger this younger generation uh but for now you know it's, there's a thing in my, I don't know I don't think you guys can see this but I can't pronounce it correctly. But there's a thing that I have. You do that a lot on this podcast. That these people gave <gasps> to me. I, I mean, I saw it on the internet. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up for you. And it really helped me out a lot. Can you pronounce that? Memoir. What is that? For the people listening, spell it out. It's I-K-I-G-A-I. Okay. So if you look that up, it's now this, this will help you out a whole lot. And, uh, they haven't paid me. I don't know these people, but to get to this place, when you put in all the stuff that you're talented to, it's like the final place that you can get to. All right. So when you put together your love, your passion, your mission, your needs, Mm -hmm. something you're good at, your profession, your vocation, and what you can be paid for, you put all those together, you get to the Ikiga. Yeah. And it's crazy because the, the key guy, that's how I said it. 
it's the key guy. Okay, good because I've been I've been trying to shit out. Yeah, I congrats. I I butcher it, but it's it's definitely the place where I'm trying to get. And I believe film does that for me. It takes all of those different things, the things for the communities, things I love, my passions, my skills, my talent, and um and what I can get paid for. It's a reason for being. The ikiga is the reason for being. And yeah. Once all of these things are aligned in the middle, you you find your ikiga. Yeah. That's it. I could definitely say that's my Ikiga. Now, the only thing that I wasn't making on the other one, I really wasn't getting paid. Exactly. So it tells you, right, I think it's this one. If you look and it tells you you were doing your passion, you were feeling good, but you were broke. One of these says that. Right. So if you mix those three together that you had, you were still not finan- not financially secure. So you wasn't uh, in your Ikiga. Satisfaction, yet. but the feeling of usefulness. Yeah. So each one of these, each one of these, oh, that's when I would get hosed. Together, you, you, <laughs> you'd figure that out. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Now, this is a dope diagram. Yeah, I'm going to put I'll this. Send it to you. Yeah, 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 send me that. Def- and for people that are, you know, looking or searching for, you know, what they want to do with their lives or how they want to go about their lives, this is something that can definitely, you, I, I, I tell people to write on it literally write it on it or print it up and write what you're passionate about and i am trying to bring out a book later on in life called uh turning your passion into profit i feel there is a gift in doing that because there's people who are very passionate and skilled but they just don't know how to make, make money, money off of it and uh unfortunately money money is important these days um and finding the right balance between money and passion is something that a lot of young black people need to need to understand especially minorities i feel um one thing i want to credit you for our in your entire career you just said everything you do is push black people forward i can say that yeah um every time i've worked with you i've watched you push people whether it was people on your team pushing them to be better yeah. and pushing them to uh get the experience in their uh career fields they wonder i seen you do that whether it was me yeah publishing my book uh and uh dr murray yeah. shout out dr murray dr murray love you dr murray we slip fell out but I love him too. <laughs> uh, we didn't fell out. I fell out with somebody else, and he told me to apologize, and I was like, "Fuck that." Yeah, I, I, you're not good at the apology <laughs> things. I understand. I typically stand on mine, <laughs> stand on ten toes down, <laughs> and I apologize to the white man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I already know that. So, but I love you know what, Doctor Murray is my first. Um, um, it was before I even understood the concept of like mentorship. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, what he done for me in a lot of ways. Now, it wasn't necessarily my favorite type of mentorship, but he definitely mm-hmm. did put me in a position to win. Right. In a lot of ways. Yeah. But you did too. And um, I just want to know, what does that translate now to in this movie scene? Like, who are some of the people you put on, whether it's through film, through actors? Like, It's 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 the same thing. Um, I like I when going for mile nineteen, I tried to hire as many minorities as possible. Um, and that's the first in this next one. I'm putting meals on the table of about fifty minorities. You know, so it's about um moving people forward either with their dreams, with their whatever, uh, but definitely financially as well, so that they can they can be a part of this and they can enjoy it. So it still looks pretty much the same. Is that you know I try to employ as many people as possible. I try to get people opportunities um that are prepared for the opportunity, um, which we can talk about later about being prepared for opportunities but uh it's just with me and i think this is for all african americans is that we can't be afraid of accountability and we can't just look for accountability from 
family members. We should, you should be allowed and humbled enough to get accountability from everybody, like everybody that's important and that matters. Because when we're not holding each other accountable, you're actually doing that person a disservice, letting someone just do whatever they want to do. And you know that they can, excuse me, be hurt or they could be, or fall back on it. And of course there's a hundred ways to skin a cat. And I have a cat and that's a horrible thing, but y'all understand what I mean. There's a hundred ways to get something done properly. But at the end of the day, it's about holding someone accountable. You're, you're, you're not, I'm not a hater, right? But if you tell me you're going to write a book and you want me involved in that, by the end of that day, you're going to finish that book, right? Because I'm going to hold you accountable. Just like if you say you want to lose 30 pounds or you say you want to do this and you tell that person that don't get mad at that person when that person holds you accountable for it, right? Because that's their job. That's why you instilled that to them. But a lot of African-Americans, especially males, we seem to think, oh, this person, hey, man, he didn't want it. No, we're holding you accountable for your dreams. (laughs) You didn't, I didn't call you, you called me. So if you called me, don't be mad when I say, hey, so how's that book going? You know, because my wife wants to write a book, right. and um, uh, and um, like I, I have to space it out because it's my wife. So like every month, I just soft reminder, hey, <laughs> hey, hun, how's that book going? And she'll just look at me <clears throat> when she knows how I am. Like that's one thing I think all my friends and stuff will say. And I, there is something I did want to answer that you said earlier. But there's one thing my friends and, and associates and my enemies will say: I'm gonna hold you accountable, even if you're my enemy. I'm gonna hold you accountable. Right. And that's the thing. It's like we gotta make sure. That that le- that's what will bring us all closer to success, right? And that's what and 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 to answer the other question, you said with all of the changing in my careers and the different things that I'm doing, I've been successful in, thank God. Uh, but the one thing that 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 is consistent is just honesty, hmm. like honesty across the board. I'm honest with everybody. So it's like, I don't pick and choose where I be, be honest at. I'm going to be honest with everybody. So when I'm honest with you, you might not like it or you may love it. But at the end of the day, you're going to remember me and say that kid was honest. So a lot of relationships that I made when I was at Def Jam uh, under Kevin Wells, I was um, I was honest with those people and I was I was sincere. Right. And so now when I call them up on the phone, I they still have my number saved. Hey, Howard, if they don't have it saved on the Def Jam, they got to save on the Boss Magazine. So they're just like, hey, Howard, how you doing? What's going on? What do you need? Because the whole time I've always been honest with them and sincere with them. And that's what people remember. They're not going to just remember what money you put in their pocket or how you, how you did this or how you did that. They're going to remember how you treated them. Right. So if you're not treating them with honesty and kindness, and the reason why I put honesty before kindness, because everybody doesn't deserve kindness. If they're doing things that don't, don't tell you that's what should be done. Some people need to be cussed out right. and that's just, that's life. why I got key. Yeah. Some people just need to be cussed yeah. out. So I, but I am <laughs> honest with them and then I'm kind to them. But it, those are the things that people remember is that honesty and that kindness. And that that's what helps me to be successful when I move from career to career. All right. I love it. I love it. So first of all, everybody right now watching everyone in the world is being forced to what I call a reboot, a rebrand, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't care what your career was. I don't care how you made your money. It was affected in COVID-19, whether it was for good yeah. or the bad. Yeah. What are the steps of the people? And I and I tell people, I feel like this is the first year where we, if you think about Marvel, the blip year, this yeah. is the year where we came back. <laughs> yeah. So now the people just now came back. Like 20, 2020, 2021, 
it was a lot of people that checked out mentally, whether yeah. it was because Absolutely. of deaths. I experienced a lot of death during COVID, Absolutely. whether it was mental, whether you lost your job. So 2022 was that first year where we're coming back. Like, you know what? Yeah. I got to do, I got to move forward. Let's talk to those people. Yeah. What are the, some of the steps? What are some of the processes to realigning and rebooting and preparing to win this year? Yeah. And not, because we can no longer, I got 2020. Mm-hmm. We were all fucked up. Like, yeah. we were like, what the fuck did Thanos just do? Yeah. <laughs> like, this motherfucker just killed us all, right? And in 2021, some people are like, you know what? Fuck it. I just got to push through this and work. But right. 2022, now we all got to figure it out. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So what? What? let's talk to those people. Yeah, right? you, you call it the reboot. I agree 100%. I call it the awakening. Um we were able to actually see because we had no outlets to burn. So we had to deal with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we learned two things, things we liked, and things we didn't like. So the whole time we're sitting there, not able to go out or not able to, it, those, those, I call a lot of those things distractions, by the way, but y'all call it, you know, rest and, you know, relaxation. I call it distractions, but, we were, we were, we, you old, man. It, it probably is because I'm old. <laughs> so it, it, we, you learned a lot about yourself. You learned what you like, what you didn't like. You also learned what you were good at. Right. You also learned what your true passion was. And what you also learned that going in a nine to five wasn't really your passion, right. nor it was it your plan. Well, was it necessary? Or, or was it absolutely necessary? No, going into work. No, we can do this remotely. All these meetings can be done through Zoom. So we learned a lot about ourselves. And in that, the awakening happened in many of us where we said, I'm not happy. And in that I'm not happy, I need to find a way to make myself happy because life is short and other people just don't care about me. So in in the 2022, like you said, after the bleep and after the different things, the first thing I would suggest to do is to literally come up with a plan, write it down, find out those things that are really important to you now compared to what you thought was important to you two years ago. Come up with a plan, find out your gifts, your abilities, your skills, write those things down and, and search in what direction that you can turn this into a career somehow. And whatever those passions are, whatever that feeling, if you all of a sudden love plants, how can I be a, a, a gardener? If you all of a sudden learn love swimming, how can I teach swimming or become a swimmer? Like whatever it was that turned you, you know, into the real you. Now you just need to find a way to monetize it. And that's where it begins by writing the things down and picking out, you know, what really, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that's on your mind? Like, what's the first thing that you want to do or what excites you or makes you feel good about being alive? And so uh, identifying that first, writing it down, getting you a plan, uh, getting that set up so that, like you said, we can go in these new directions in this rebirth and we can go into this, this, this new directions of what's going to bring our soul pure happiness. Right. What is um the next five years, ten years for you? Oh, just to what can I, people expect? Honestly, just to be a blessing to others. Um, I've always that's always been at the core of me. Shout out to my mom and dad. Um, and just really understanding the importance of uh, giving. Uh, we still have that to our core, no matter what it is. It's just uh, we want to give back to the people. So in this case, what it'll look like is movies. Um, uh, uh, getting movies done, getting them, getting them, uh, uh, put out, getting them on streaming, getting them on television, getting them, 
uh, working with young uh, African-Americans, working with minorities, getting more opportunities for uh, young uh, minority black women that ain't got them snapping and clapping and doing all that, you know, stuff, which is great if you want to do that on film. <laughs> but I can I have a black <laughs> right. Can I have a black doctor female be just a black doctor or a doctor who happens to be black or happens to be female? Like right. doesn't take away that she's a genius at whatever she's doing. So it's like, you know, putting those actresses in those positions, all of my scripts and um, movies, like 90 percent of them have a black female lead. Um, I think that's really important. First of all, I think women rule the generations. They determine what's going to happen next. So I want to make sure I put them in a position where, um, uh, cause there's so much talent out there and it'd be great to connect with these talents and, uh, get, get these images. And remember with boss, I was huge about in- images. I still am, uh, putting the per- images on television that will help shape. I got a quick story, uh, will help shape the generations to come. I got a friend and he, he if he listens to this, he's going to laugh. This is quick. Uh, his name is Marcus. And I don't know how many of y'all saw the movie Boomerang. So anyway, when he was young, I guess he was 10-ish or whatever, he saw Boomerang. And in Boomerang, Boomerang, what people don't understand, is one of the first movies that showed African-Americans in a very powerful roles. They weren't just regular jobs. Yeah, they, they were, were executives. powerful executive roles, executive suits, executive clothes, executive offices. Everything was legit on top. So shout out to Boomerang and Eddie Murphy for making that happen. But anyway, his name was Marcus. Marcus. Exactly. Marcus. So what did Marcus do in that movie? He fucked. No, he was a marketing and he did that too. He was a marketing (laughs) specialist. (laughs) He was a marketing specialist. That dude grew up to be a marketing specialist for Nike. Now he works, I think, believe for Reebok. Forgive me, Marcus, if I'm wrong, but I think it's Reebok. I'll check Facebook. And when asked how he got to that, he literally said from that movie, that image gave him the idea that this might be something that he loved. I'm so glad you did that. Now I got to go somewhere else with okay. it. So first of all, shout out to Marcus and just being inspired. Um, <laughs> I was even talking about, I was watching A Different World before I left, mm-hmm. came out here. And I was like, man, you know how many people went to college because of this show? You know what Ridiculous I'm saying? Ridiculous amount. Like it, that show, you, I mean, even Fresh Prince. Yeah. So they're doing a reboot. Yeah. At first, I was, like, totally against it. And then I started doing research because of Keith. And I watched the trailer. And I'm like, okay, I'm excited about it now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a little premiere thing. Because, yeah. you know, Fresh Prince influenced my life. Of course. Like, in a major way. Like, I learned to follow your dreams, not yes. because of my parents, but because Will Smith pawned the uh, violin mm-hmm. for some drums. Yeah, like, That's when I learned yes. you can go against the grain and follow your dream. <laughs> uh, I didn't learn nonviolent from Dr. King. Right. I learned it when Carlton got shot yep. and Will Smith said, give me the gun. That's when I learned nonviolence. So Fresh Prince influenced me. Yeah. How are we being influenced today in TV? When we watch shows like Snowfall, shows like Power, mm-hmm. shows like... Um, um, raising Canaan. Shout out to Fifty. Uh, mm-hmm. He doing most of them. BMF. Like, is this helping us or pushing us back? Um, from which which angle? Because he's employing a lot of African Americans. So I would have to say helping to start. Uh, how is it helping the generation? Um, I think at this point in Black television, we're doing a better job of understanding what's entertainment 
and what's not entertainment. Um, the ones you all named, I got some other ones that it, more on a positive note, but Snowfall and, and BMF and all of that. And I named those specifically okay. just because for, of... Yeah, for their negative connotations yeah, and yeah. how they're presenting. Spe- specifically. It, it's, 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 they're showing uh, uh, just we... The, the, the thing about African-Americans now, we're the most intelligent that we have ever been, including the children underneath us. Now, I believe we have the capability to look at something and understand that that is a portion or a version of history. That's not my history. But is it history when we enjoy it on this screen, mm-hmm. but we fear it? Out there on that screen because it's happening in real life. So is it history? Yeah, not not no not just not just history, but that it's it doesn't. When we used to see it, that's all we saw. So I either wanted to grow up to be a football player, basketball player, or a comedian. That was the three black examples that we had. Now, if these were the only five shows on TV, it would be detrimental. But now that we have like main characters and this is us, we have main characters in a lot of different shows that are portraying African-Americans. Now we understand that BMF, even though it has a lot of portrayal of negativity in it, is not the only directions that blacks can go in. So by do you got your Wayne Brady's, you know, you got, we got different examples. You got fresh friends. We got Will Smith. He's playing all types of roles. So it's like, you know, we, we see the different, ways that can happen so we're not so influenced negatively by seeing some negative things on the screen even if that is our actual life so i think i have a love-hate relationship with it yeah if i'm being real um like i feel like we are so desensitized and when and this is when i knew this is when i knew in the midst of the pandemic or when we're just kind of going through this process Mm -hmm. one of the most entertaining things that we've seen on tv was Squid Games, yeah, which was so gruesome, yeah, and horrible, yeah. And when I think about, it, I was like, man, why the fuck am I loving this shit so much? <laughs> like, ah, oh, that motherfucker got his head like, like I'm loving this shit, yeah. And it's like, I hate that I love it, yeah. I hate that I love it, like, because in real life, every time I hear someone get killed, it hurts, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Every time I hear about somebody dying, it hurts. So then. And we have this, this is our ongoing key for Mark. Y'all, y'all can attest to this. This is an ongoing conversation on this podcast about the influence of entertainment, music, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And how do we kill what we continue to glorify? Yeah. And like, that is my love-hate relationship. Like, I hate that I love Tariq, yeah. St. Patrick. Yeah. I hate that I love Kane and Mama, yeah. whatever her name is. Yeah, characters. Yeah, like characters. You don't love the real life Tariq. Right. But you love the character. I love the character. And that's okay. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what that's why character because it needs to I think it leaks over though, bro. I, I I don't think it leaks over as much as it used to because I don't know. I think with, it don't leak over to you as much as it used to because you're course, adults. older. Yeah. But I'm talking about our kids. It's leaking over, bro. It's leaking over, but then you have a show called Naomi that just premiered, uh done by Ava. Um, nobody watching that shit. Naomi was very well received. <laughs> People are watching that. I ain't even watching. I'm, I'm the, the example. They're not, they're not watching it. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the example of if somebody watches something because I don't watch shit. So if I find out about it, that means you have reached 
the outside and, and, audience, and I've never heard of that but, shit. I Nobody mean, watching the, the shit. About, even, I bet you not even ten people died on that show. Nobody's died yet. It's, exactly. It's, Nobody watching the shit. But if we talk about if you talk about Squid Games, Squid Games, the 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 grossness in it was cool, but the main part of it was the characters. Like that's the whole thing. We fell in love with the characters. We wanted to know why they were doing it and why that guy was so you know not listening or caring about his daughter, only caring about this, and why the other guy was only caring about being rich again. We were more caught up in the characters of it. So it, I think people again, even the younger ones, are able to know. That this is entertainment compared because, but like even for myself, I don't even have things like that. But I do have horror movies, you know, that will depict depict some type of blood at some time across the screen. But that doesn't—that's not me telling you, you know, run out and you know cut up people. Right. You know? I'm just I'm just trying to see like why are we so entertained by shit that we supposed to hate? Yeah, that's like human nature, though. That's the human yeah. nature. I mean, so the we, psychology of it, it kind of, yeah. it's a mind fuck for me. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a mind fuck for me. Yeah. And, and I'm not blaming nobody. I'm just saying this is me personally. This is me saying I know what I, like, prime example, Young Dolph died. Yeah. And it was like a Terrible. huge, everybody was sad. But then I brought back up, like, uh, cause 21 Savage, he was sad. Everybody was saying how they was fucked up by it. But then I just thought up when, uh, 21 Savage on, uh, j cole new album mm-hmm. like his lyric was in that he like when y'all kill my uh homies i don't believe in that squashing shit all i uh participate in homicide right swinging the case side to side yeah send a teddy bear to your mama house yeah. when i make her cry like and that shit was fire to me yeah i yeah. heard that shit like oh that shit fire it's a nice lyric and then that shit happened in real life and i'm like well, that Not shit nice fucked lyric. up yeah it, it's it, Come on, man. There's a correlation there. We got to admit that I shit. Mean, yeah, but and I art, don't think nobody want to admit it. And that's why it's a vicious cycle. Art entertains, you know, art does life, life, example of art. So, I mean, it's both ways. We can we can get upset about it or we can, you know, participate in making a change as we do. So I feel that, like I said, people can see that as a percentage but it's no longer viewed as just everything that can happen. Like you can make it out there. There's other opportunities, other shows. There's other things that you can look at that can be more positive that will help you to get out of that. But of course, this main studios, I mean, we want to get to the root of it. It's money. The main studios are going to put on there what they know people are going to want to see and the violence, sex and money, you know, that still sells. Those are things that sell. So at the root of it, we have to understand that people need to be entertained. And unfortunately, violence still is a major entertainment factors in every race, you know? Um, so, you know, vampire movies are still successful. You know, there's some level of violence in almost everything. So that is what it is. What's but, your favorite movie? Uh, 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 princess bride and an inception. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta broaden your horizons. What the fuck is that? That's a beautifully written it's one of those old um, comedies. I mean, Princess. What is it? Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. Who's in it? Is that Gene Wilder? Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, but Keith is a movie buff. Like Keith knows yeah, all movies. It's, it's like, a. But it's Keith say, can make a literally a reference out of anything into a movie. Yeah, it's a it's, talent. Yeah, it's a great it's movie though. It's it's really up there. It's in everybody's top ten. Princess Bride, and then and what else? Inception. It's definitely not in mine. Inception. They both tie for first place. I can't. I can't. Inception. Choose. That's with the white boy without a movie shit. There was there was white people in it. Yes. Um, and it was about dreams and 
incepting the dream into you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it was uh, uh, with uh, I forgot his name that quick, but well, yeah, 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 Leonardo DiCaprio. Thank you, yeah, Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio. That was yeah. And I learned high quality white man. Yeah, there you go. He's a high quality. High quality. <laughs> Some say I don't know. I'm waiting to meet him, but I'm, I'm hoping saying, he's high quality. Well, you're not gonna find him in Atlanta. <laughs> high quality white people don't come to Atlanta. That's what I found when I came to LA. All the high quality white people are here. Yeah, and then right under that, I this one. I My think, sister knows. She partied with him. She probably does. Um, yeah. I think the the next one, uh, unfortunately, um, I don't know Belly. The cinematography from Belly, yeah, was uh, Hype Williams was above his time. And I know never Belly. been, he's it's never been shown like the level that he was on. And of course, Glory was great. Um, but I, I have Belly is just if you sit down and break Belly down from a cinematic as well as an acting standpoint, it it would rank a lot higher in African Americans and everybody's mind if they really if you really sat down and went through each part of it and not looked at it as a gangster movie. From the relationships mm. to the to the to the co-stars, Nas did excellent in it. Uh so, I mean, compare him to Beyonce. I mean, it's two different acting worlds. So it's like, you know, you it 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 it, it needs more to be looked at. But it's one I, of my top. I feel the same you said Nas is acting in that movie? It, Nas acting is higher than Beyonce's in any of her movies. And we can do this all day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's okay, not okay. Oscar worthy. I was about to say, no. we, we need to go to Africa. Right, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, though. So, yeah, man, we need to go to Africa, nah, that's, man. That's what's up, you man. You feel me? Look, did he get shot? No, pack up right now. We're going to Africa right now, T. They ran I, out of budget. That favorite was scene, quick. Favorite scene in that movie is when AZ is talking to Nas. And he see the guy walking up. He said, all right, guy, I, I see you later. He has his baby in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even tell Nas. Like, hey, man, you don't see these guys. You don't see that guy. But I, I mean, you got, wait, you got Method Man, too. You got Method Man in it. You got DMX, the excellent in it. Um. God, it was a lot of different people, but I definitely uh, really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Cinematography was excellent. Yeah. I love the way you broke that down. Like, what? I mean, just like why oh, it was yeah. such a great movie. I mean, there's, there's several ones that we you, you, we have to... You, you know what we got to break thing. down? What? And we, as much as people love it and much people watch it, we got to respect the cinematography and everything that this movie brought to the table and how it revolutionized the way we watch film. Who? Stuart Little. Not just bullshit. Life. Oh, <laughs> life. Oh, absolutely. Life is like, let me tell you, like, you talk, you shot him a boomerang, but I don't think we can give Eddie Murphy enough flowers for everything yeah, that he brought us. Absolutely not. Like, thank God he's still here. Hopefully we can play. Yeah, like, this... This nigga, man, I, I go back and watch life. You ever watch one of them like compilations online when a whole bunch of people are moving? Yeah. And you got to watch one at a time. You got to watch, rewatch it, and just only focus on that one thing. Right. That's how you should watch wife, life. Yeah. Go back and watch life and only focus on Jenga life. Yeah. And then go back and yeah. watch it and only focus on this person. Like, and literally, they are all in characters so perfectly. Yeah. It is like, man, these motherfuckers, like, I would have paid a million dollars just to be on that set. Yeah, life could have been a series. It could be an eight-part series today. Easily. Easy. Easily. Like, there would easily be enough material for an eight-part miniseries. Well, we call it miniseries. Y'all call it limited series. Uh, limited series on Netflix or anything. It could be an easy eight-part. Kind of like they did Cobra Kai. 
Yeah, Cobra Kai was genius. Genius. Executive producer Will Smith. Um, Hold on, Will Smith, executive yeah, producer? Executive producer, yeah. For real? Yeah, Cobra Kai, I mean. It, so Jay going to make an appearance? No, no. They don't brought back every. Uh, <laughs> they don't brought did, back every character. Jay didn't got to come in, bro. It, the reason why it worked, though, uh, several reasons. Not the nostalgic of it, but also too, we got to dive into those characters and see them in, without being on the karate field. And everything ain't about karate. Well, let me tell helped. you. Well, let me tell you why I love it. Because I talked about this in uh, the cartoon Meet the Robinsons. The movie, yeah. and we talk about that moment in life, how it affects and mm-hmm. controls your adult life. Exactly. And then just to see how Daniel's son, him winning that, literally led his whole life to the karate, yeah. car salesman, salesman everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything was point. in that moment. Yeah. Same with the other dude. Literally, he was a loser. Yeah. For the rest of that. his life. Because of that one, I moment. think his sensei choking him was a little, a little more of him just losing. But yeah, I, I think that was key because that was a that was a role model for him. That was his father, which we didn't clearly know until we watched the series. That's why it's working so well. Right. Because these are characters we love. Again, characters. I'm not gonna go do karate uh, tomorrow. Neither is my nephew, who's 18. He's not gonna go and do karate tomorrow. But we'll watch the show. I'm 32, and I definitely try. I'm, I'm not. I'm not c- kicking anybody anytime soon. But like I said, they're characters that we love, and we you know want to know more about. There's a couple of series I ain't gonna say because some of them I'm working on. But there's a couple of series, several movies that can be broken down into series. I think that'd be very successful. Be dope. Um, let's get back personal. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you, man. I'm, I'm loving your energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're great. You're great. You're natural. Um, and we're not live, so you can cut it out. Yeah. I didn't actually, I didn't see you, uh, pre questions. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to know how deep we're going to go. There was a moment before you came out here where you went dark. Yeah. You went, absolutely dark yeah yeah and, and let's talk about because you've talked about a lot of wins you've done a yeah, lot of stuff you've been successful in a lot I, of stuff yeah like, let's get real with the in. people like <laughs> where have you lost and i can remember that moment um what you know i'll say it like this you know life is difficult um and some situations happened and they were back to back to back um and i checked out uh, it was actually the first time i had ever been depressed um, actually up until that moment, I didn't truly believe in it, to be honest with you. Uh, the church don't allow you to believe in depression. They say right. you can pray it out. Right. You can fast it. Eh, hallelujah. You yeah. can fast Shop it up, out. Up. You can do all these things out. And this was the first time it, it, that, that I actually got knocked down and, uh, stopped answering my phones. Um, I was already starting to, you know, um, um, think about what was next for me or find it, but I couldn't, I couldn't find the energies. I couldn't find my energy anymore. Um, it was a very, very, very dark place. Um, and I, all I can say is that thank God for the people praying for me and wishing me well, um, to get through it. And, but it, like you said, I went dark literally for That's about a year and a half. I didn't tweet or nothing. I didn't tweet. I didn't <laughs> Facebook. And you know, these times come and I'll encourage everybody to get a counselor get a mental health counselor black people don't cut this out get a mental health counselor i went through about three of them um because i was so hard on them and uh they quit um so uh, i i went through about three of them until i found someone who happened to be uh um an old friend of mine from college 
and um she she really helped me to get everything together and to get back together and get back to where I needed to be um but yeah it's it's real you know and I have a lot more compassion for people who have everyday struggles and I don't take my mental health for granted a lot of us do we wake up with the right sound mind and we think that that's okay like that's normal that's not normal a lot of people wake up with anxiety depression whatever the case may be and they don't know how to get out of it um i just leaned a lot on my inner strength um and really began to figure out what was in me and what i needed to do to feel better and what i needed to do to get back on the boat and to help move forward and then once i got back into that mode then i was able to see where my energies was taking me and what i needed to go next and do next but yeah it was rough um i i don't know like i said you know things things happen there's two different kinds like one kind is that depression happened when things happen and then there's another times when things you're on your way to be successful and something happens like you got to be aware of those and be be ready for that because I, I i've had several situations where people are on their way to greatness and then something happens many of the times it's not to derail you it's just to see how bad you really want it and then there's things in your life that happen that are going to knock you down and um you have to have some type of backup plan in order to you know like they say you have to have an escape plan or exit plan you need to have something inside of you and that was my relationship uh with god like it, it was the only thing um that that saved me from going any darker than that so it was just me getting back to the center of what um and it takes time and it takes work and like i said it took about a year and a half yeah but i said how long were you yeah it, it, for yeah. dark dark about I have to say about nine months to a year. And then I started waking up from it and um, started feeling better, started getting back in the gym, started thinking about, you know, creativity, what I could do, what I couldn't do, going through my different skills, you know, started planning better. But it, the total, about a year and a half, and then right at two years, I finally felt, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't ever feel a hundred percent since then, but I'll say it was about 97. I'm about 99 now. So it's like, um, just really, um, I, I never felt back a hundred percent. And that was really never my goal either. Once I went through it, I realized that I'm not going to be the same Howard that I was before this happened, right. you know, because now there's doubt. Now there's self doubt. Now there's, you know, um, other things that are creeping in that, that speak to you and talk to you. Did so you just, those things are there. Did you just slip into it or was it immediate? Like, was it a gradual? Mine was immediate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't slip into it. I like woke up one day and was like, whoa, what is that? Like, never have I ever experienced anything like it. So it was completely brand new for me. So um, when I slipped in, uh, what I call the place of depression because I think it is an actual dimension because I don't think it's, never mind, that's too long of a conversation. I just think it's a place. Place. So when I arrived at the place of depression, I, my first at thing was like, what is this? And then once I realized, you know, where I was at, now I got to figure out how to get out of this. How, how, how can I successfully walk back to where I was or to a better place in order to defeat this? Mm. That's what's up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. And I, and like I said, it, it the one thing it did, you know, everybody says, you know, this is your walk and y'all yeah, believe what y'all want. But I can tell you this. I do have more compassion 
for people now who struggle with these things because I once did struggle with those things and they're real and you can't, um, um, you can't, I have a lot of mental health therapist friends now and you can't downplay somebody's struggle. Right. Even if it's not your struggle, because right. if I told y'all what sent me into depression, you'd be like, uh, no, no, I can handle that. So it's like for each person it's their own thing. You know, it's not anything that you may be good at or you may want or you can handle doesn't mean that person can handle it, too. So when that person comes to you, it's not for you to, like, try to go over them or try to tell them that it don't don't warrant their their strengths and weaknesses, but to just, you know, sit in the rain with them until they're able to, you know, get under the umbrella. So first step, somebody listening that might be in that dimension. Yeah. You know, first that, step. What that would be do? help. Uh, just listening. Um, just listening. The person probably hasn't talked to anybody. That's why I say a mental health therapist is usually the best because you can express out everything. And then once you get it all out, now it's like throw up. It's laying out there. Now you can see what you ate. <laughs> now you can start to determine what it right. was that, that got you to this place. So then once you see it, it's actually in front of you. Now we can deal with it because for a while there, I didn't know what it was. There was like two to three months where I was just like, whoa, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm just not here anymore and it was weird for me because especially i'm always present so for me it was just like a whole nother literally dimension because i was just like this isn't me this isn't what i do this isn't howard the great you know this is this is something else and you know but it wasn't anything i could do at that time and that's where a lot of people um they get to and then they they get scared or they get stuck and it's not a place for you to get stuck it's a place for you to grow from and understand you know what's going on and do your very best but having help does help having someone to talk to helps having someone who will uh, not sympathize with you, but empathize with you. The, uh, the lady, she'd never been through what I've been through, but when I started talking to her, she empathized with me and was able to bring me to the next level. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Um, so for those that's listening, you going through that or you feel yourself being there, like get it out. I love that yeah. analogy that you threw up and you could see what you ate. Cause that's a, that's a big part. That's a real part of it. Just identifying. Yeah. Kind of how you landed there. Yeah, it's 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 and it's a scary place, but it's nothing it's 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 nothing to be ashamed of. They try to put the leprosy spirit on it and it's not. There's no 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 reason to be ashamed. If you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. And this is going back to being honest with yourself and honest with what's going on in your mind. If it's not there, it's not there. Don't fake it. Because um, um, uh, even when I tried to fake it sometimes and come back to different things, people would pick up on that energy, but they would think that I was either not liking them, didn't want to be at the place, or right. something of that. And it had nothing to do with so them. You fucking up, you I, fucking I, up yeah, relationships yeah, for no you, reason. For no reason. Just be honest with those relationships and said, I'm, I literally gave up a very profitable business during that time. Yeah. And um, uh, by the name of uh, WebWed. Um, and, uh, yeah, web, web, super successful. Shout out to web, web. And, um, what happened was I called the owner and I said, I am not mentally or physically able to help this company move forward. I would like to give you back your compensation and wish you guys the best. And I believe that was one of the greatest decisions I could have made because, um, that right there allowed me to be completely free to work on me, but also too, I was honest with them so instead of faking it for a year pretending that i could do it you know and then it, you, they already have high expectations so with those high expectations you got to get high results so i'm sitting here not able to do that now i got to make excuses so instead of doing all that 
understand that you're just not in the place where you can be helpful. And I was able, and they were able to grow and move forward and hire somebody else and do the things that they need to do. But I didn't hold anybody, anybody back, you know, and uh, I feel that's, that's, that's important when it comes again, being honest and kind. And those are two things that you can do that are free. Hey, round of applause for that brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely been an hour well spent brother. Um, oh, Man, come on! When you when you enjoying it, it goes by fast. We gotta do this again. No, we do. Um, We'll definitely be in LA a lot more. Um, I'm feeling the energy (laughs) here. It's true. I don't know. (laughs) Am I leaving Atlanta? Got it. (laughs) I gotta see what y'all old ho look like. Old for it. Old for it. But man, I love you, brother. Yeah, I love you too. And again, I'm, I'm proud. Uh, I mean, you my big brother, but I'm I'm proud of you and just you. seeing this rebuild, this reboot, and this restructuring of Howard the Great. Yeah, Howard something. <laughs> um, just trying to be the biggest, you know, uh, maximize all my opportunities, but being my best self. And, you know, that's not, I'm not LeBron, you know, I'm not 6'5", I'm not, you know, a model, you know, I'm me. So at the end of the day, I'm going to put my best step, my best I step see forward. Plus size. I, 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 can I, could, I, could, I think I could. I, I want to get, oh, you know what we should talk about? Oh, my God. The hair pieces for men? Oh, those shit. Is that, is hey, that let me tell you, something we can fuck all the, No, no, no. I'm sorry. Fuck all the women that be talking down on that shit. Like, you be, I be watching unit? the pages. I be watching the pages, Bro. and I be looking at the comments, and be women, and be like, uh-uh, I don't listen. like that shit. <laughs> Bitch, fuck you. Like, I, we don't got, then got it, progressive listen. enough to accept y'all wigs. If you, if, now I, we if y'all doing pop it. up and see me with one, just leave me there. Bro, those shit's look if real. If you see me happy, I deserve it. Just leave me there. I deserve <laughs> I, it. I deserve <laughs> it. <laughs> right. If, if that's the case, if you see me with that unit on my head, I deserve it. I just let me be here. Like, let me be happy. But yeah. I, I am yeah. proud of Shout out to them brothers. Like, just live yeah. your life, King. Live a thousand dollars, brother. That's why I said, live your life. You King. don't need it. Your hair looks great. Oh, your yeah, journey yeah. has been great. I'm My a, journey has not. I'm blessed, brother. Yeah. My journey started right after the book. Yeah, I know. And the it, book looked, was, it did really great. I laughed when you started, and now I'm not laughing anymore. A lot of people laugh, and I remember you laughed. You and I my nephew. You told me not to do that shit. Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, like, yeah, bro, like cut nah, your hair. Yeah, cut your hair. I didn't know it would you'd be so Jesus right now. So I, I love it. You and my nephew, uh, shout out to Sean. His is about the same, a little bit longer than yours. Beautiful. Great job, young black man. Be kings. Be kings. Tell the people how they can find you. Um uh, call Eldridge. Um uh King underscore Namari, probably the best place to contact me. Howardclayfilms.com. Look be on the lookout. Uh, I mean the website is up, but more content coming and uh Looking to do about two to three movies in the next two years. We're going to talk offline. Um, We say this every week, man. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Just Every Podcast. Stay motivated. Stay dedicated. Shout out to Nip the Guy. L.A., we love y'all. Y'all been super good at us. Now, my nigga, this is dedication. This is anti-hesitation. This is a real nigga celebration. This is the Don Block Declaration. 59th and 5th Ave, Granny House with vanilla wafers. It's the remedy to separation. Tupac of my generation. Blue pill in the fucking matrix. Red rose in the...